and re-gear and get off your high. Y'all just about killed me last night. I woke up this morning so sore. I couldn't hardly move. I walked into the auditorium tonight and somebody rushed up to me and said, Brother Spears, would you do me a favor? I said, what is that? They said, would you preach tonight? I, should, I shouldn't have done it, but I, I do have a little bit of a mean streak in me that uh, God hadn't changed yet. And I looked at him and I said, no, they're not allowing me to preach tonight. I said, uh, due to the fact that I went over my time limit last night and I'm not allowed on the platform. He looked at me and two or three other people heard it. it and I walked off and left it that way. I'm going to repent to whoever that was right now because I'm fixing to preach by the grace of God. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. What an atmosphere. What an atmosphere. I thought it couldn't get better than last night, but it's getting pretty good right now. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you what I want us to do. That song up there, young lady directed a moment ago. I want all the men with me to holler hallelujah. And then when we get through with that, I want all the ladies to say glory. Will you do it? All right, men, let's say it. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, he's worthy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I felt that my sermon did not fit this congregation tonight. And I sat there and I said, Lord, you got me in a fix. Because <laughs> somehow you, I got this sermon out on a limb and you're not cooperating some way. I know this is what you want me to preach, but uh, that thing wasn't going right. Nothing seemed to fit until they brought this last young man to this platform. And when I read my text tonight, you're going to know that it was the will of God for him to come to this platform and say what he did. Because what I'm going to preach tonight... Oh, I could say a lot of things. I think the fact that you know I'm here... I'm involved in a building program. I'm less than three weeks from finishing our new church, 26,000 square feet, uh, million and a half to two million dollar building. I need to be home. I don't need to be here. In any other place, I've canceled everything, but I could not stay home from California, and I need to be home tonight. But I wanted to be here. I think you know that well enough that uh, let me bypass all of those things and say how great it is to be here with all of these men let me just merely minister tonight and uh, when I get through tomorrow night I will get in my vehicle and I have uh, 1500 miles to drive uh, before I get home and uh, I'm, I'm going to preach 
just as long as the Lord will let me tomorrow night. I wish I could speak to all of you. Uh, California's been kind to me. Good to see the Brokaws. Uh, all of these men have been so great. I remember uh, the convention in Fresno in 1950, whatever it was, or no, 19, whenever I preached. I don't even know. It was in the 70s. All right. Amen. Uh, I remember one night in a service, uh, I'm not quite that old. Uh, I remember one night in a service, I don't know how many of you were there that remembered one night at the close of that service, 11 deaf mutes received the Holy Ghost in that service in one night. But the greatest thing out of those 11 that received the Holy Ghost was while I was preaching that night, I looked down to my left and there sat an elderly gentleman. He was deaf and the interpreter was interpreting for him. But not only was his companion, his wife, deaf, she was also blind. And the only way for her to get the message was that as the interpreter interpreted what I was saying, he would follow the interpreter with his hands and his wife would reach up and feel his hands just to hear the Word of God. And I challenge anybody in this building tonight to get up and walk out unconcerned to not want to hear the Word of God. You're going to stand in judgment with that lady that never could see the preacher nor hear him. But she wanted to hear the Word bad enough. They found a way to hear the Word of the Lord. I believe God's going to do something in this congregation tonight. Amen. Here is what I want to read to you tonight, the book of Luke, the 12th chapter. Luke 12 and 31. And when I read this verse, you will know how divinely perfect this is for this service tonight. Luke 12 and 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is your Father's good pleasure. And everybody say those last two words. Good. Everybody. And I want to preach tonight by the grace of God on divine preference. When God has a choice, what He will do if He is given an option. And I pray before this thing is over tonight, every individual in this building will give God the option He desires to have. Would you join hand with somebody? Let's pray all across this building tonight for the will of God to be done. Everybody, let's pray. Hallelujah. Jesus, in your name. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Have your divine way, Lord. 
Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. And everybody said in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Glory. Somebody told me last night after the service said, really, your sermon wasn't an hour and a half long. It wasn't but about 15 minutes, but it was all of that standing up in between every point you made that drug it out an hour and a half. Well, I'll tell you what. I thought seven years ago when I preached in this auditorium on a Thursday night for three hours, I thought at that time was the greatest display of the burst of the emotion of worship that I had ever seen in my life. I preached overseas and I wondered would the day ever come when we would see in America what you can see overseas when people want the preaching of the Word of God. Last night, I believe we Americans touched something that foreign lands have known for a long time. Oh God, do it again tonight. Amen. Do it again tonight. Glory. I read to you a scripture tonight that simply says, It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now there are some directions that God desires to go in. There are just some things that He prefers to do. Now if you get God in a corner and there is no way out, he will do what he has to do, but first of all, he prefers to be good. I may cross some theories here tonight, but maybe not too many. I want you to know that if you ever make it living for God, the first thing you must do is get the right concept of God. You cannot serve God as long as you are afraid of Him. You, I know I'm not talking about respect. I said afraid of Him. Fearful. First of all, you must get it in your mind and in your heart that God is a good God. Contrary to the opinion and ideas of a lot of people, God is not the horrible, mean person who wakes for you to get up every day and who waits around the corner for you to make a mistake and he stands with a club in his hand and his ultimate aim and goal in life is for you to make a mistake where he can bring you down to the ground with his judgment I'm going to tell you friend that kind of concept is not the kind of God that I'm preaching to you about tonight. Amen. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. Oh, you talk about a good God. We have Him. Amen. If there is a capacity, if there is an avenue that He can go into and do something good for you, He will do it. He loves to do it. It is His will to do it. He chooses if He has a choice. If you give Him the choice, He will always choose to do good for His people. Amen. 
I see that some of you have not swallowed that little theory just yet. And in your mind, you serve a God who is mean and horrible, who is a God of total judgment. And the only thing you comprehend is that he is waiting for you to make some honest mistake and he is going to wipe you out. But I'm going to tell you about a God who went to a cross, who died for a world, not to destroy you, but he died to save you and redeem you, hallelujah, from your sins. Glory. Oh, yes, sir, my friend. He's not mean and he's not cruel. If he can relieve the pressure, he will do it. If he can be good, he will do it. When all of these men were lining up while ago, receiving She's for Christ awards, one of the men, I believe his name was Brother Watts or something, he got one or two awards. He turned around to me and said, Brother Spears, nine years ago, you preached a youth camp in the Texaco district. One night during the service, you felt impressed of the Lord, did not know who... Uh, uh, his wife was but I just pointed to a lady out there and I said God wants to do something for you there is a miracle in your life that God wants to take care of he told me tonight first time I guess I've heard it nine years he said brother Spears from that night God performed the miracle and everything has been perfect since that day I want you to get in your mind before I finish preaching tonight it is not God's will for his children to be under pressure and fearful and afraid and down and out. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. It is his will. It's his choice to do it. Amen. I'm not talking about Kenneth Hagin positive type thinking. I'm talking about simply the word of Almighty God. I'm not talking about sacking your mind into some philosophy that God will somehow be good if your middle ability can reach some kind of momentum. No, it is his will to be good. He desires to do it. He chooses to do it. All he's waiting for is somebody that will say, Father, I place myself in your hand and your will be done and he will do it. A little story. It don't have a whole lot of meaning to it. But there was a story of a little boy who had a bird and he had captured this bird and he was planning on killing that bird. And a man come by and said, young man, would you sell that bird? The boy said, yeah, I'll sell it. They agreed on a price. The man gave the boy the money and the boy gave the man the bird. And when the man got the bird in his hand, he just took it and pitched it up in the air. And when it did, it flew away. And the little boy said, why did you do that? The man said, I just wanted to. I just wanted to set it free. I didn't want it to die. I didn't want it to be bound. Some of you are living for God 
under the assumption that your God purchased you but he only purchased you until the day he could find a mistake in you and he would destroy you but I come to tell you tonight he has come to set the captive free amen and whatever you are bound by and oppressed by it is your father's good pleasure to give you the victory oh hallelujah some of you came to Jesus bowed down some of you came with all kind of pressure and problem don't tell me that he bought you to destroy you he didn't buy you to tear you down to nothing. He purchased you. And somebody said, what if I make a mistake? What if I stumble and fall? Little children sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Hallelujah. I wish this was my last night to preach simply because of what I'm going to say right now. I stand to get criticized for it, but I'm going to say it anyway. In Pentecost, we almost preach the doctrine that once you are saved, you can never make a mistake. We're scared to quote that scripture. And yet there are people sitting on our pews who are wrestling with condemnation, trying to live for God because of some mistake they made in their life. I'm here to tell you tonight, I want to cross every theory and idea if it's contrary to the word of God and tell you, he didn't purchase you to keep you bound. He didn't buy you to hold guilt over your head. He bought you to set you free and give you the victory and the freedom in the name of Jesus Christ oh hallelujah the Pharisees could not believe that he was God when Jesus came on the scene they said hey this fella can't be God and you know why they said he couldn't be God because he was too good they said, hey, that's not the way God is. God's mean. God's horrible. God's destroying. He's hateful. He, he's, uh, he's harsh. But this man, children get up in his lap. And anybody a child will cry, climb up in their lap, you can rest assured the child don't know why. But down inside, something registered, this person is all right, go ahead and love them. And when Jesus came in the crowd, the children were drawn to him. And somebody said, that can't be God because he's too kind. He speaks too soft. He is too loving. Hey, friend, I've come to tell you, you can push him in a corner. And if he don't have any way out, he'll come out and do what he's got to do but if he's given an option if he has a choice if somebody says father have it your way he's going to be good he's going to bless he's going to encourage he's going to deliver he's going to save hallelujah hallelujah he loves to be good that's his nature for God so loved the world 
God so loved the world. You talk about glory. You thought it was here last night. You ought to come around the front. I believe it's a little bit stronger here tonight than it was last night. because that is his nature he loves because that's the feeling of his heart he loves because he don't want to do anything else he left that world and came to this world to get close to man and he said I want to love him I want to show him my heart I want to show him my feelings I want to show him that I love him love You can sit down when you want to and see it's going to be one of those nights. Amen. down I wish I could do that one time If I walk out of this building tonight and one person out of the thousands that are here tonight walks out with a better view of God, if they walk out with the right attitude, it will be worth everything that's been done for this one service. That somebody walks out here and says, it is my Father's good pleasure to give me the desire of my heart. You may be seated. 
Amen. I'm going to tell you, God loves because that is his nature. I hear mothers tell their boy, their children, now be good because God loves good little boys. Now be a good little girl because God loves a good little girl. Well, I'm going to tell you something. He loves bad little boys and bad little girls too. His nature is he just loves. He loves. If he is given a choice, he will love. There is a story in the Old Testament. It is a story that uh, is so beautiful. It is a story of a little lady that uh, her husband dies. And she is left to live with her mother-in-law. Things get bad. And there is not enough food to go around. And so she goes into the field and she starts to work. And when she gets in the field and starts to work... Uh, the man looks around and he sees her and she is gathering up what is left over and he slips over to the workman in the field and Brother Cagle he says that hey y'all y'all drop a little bit more every once in a while and, and she went home that afternoon and she had a big old bundle but when she went home the next afternoon she had a bigger bundle and her mother-in-law looked at her and said honey I tell you what, you get back out there in the field tomorrow. I just don't believe that's by accident that you're finding that much. I see people who have such a little concept of God that some of you are sitting here tonight and said, well, that must be an accident. That must be just because the preacher is preaching loud. Oh, no. He's doing it on purpose. He's doing it on purpose. Amen. He's laying a blessing here and a healing over there and a victory back there and a deliverance up yonder. He's delivering the oppressed here. He's set the captive free back here. The guilt is rolling over here. It's not accident. He's doing it on purpose. It is your father's good pleasure. Hallelujah. I was in a service one night. It's been a few years ago. Lake Charles, Louisiana. God impressed me that he wanted to heal somebody of an eye condition. I stood up and I said, God's going to heal somebody of an eye condition if you'll let God heal you now. Nobody moved. Man, I stood there for about five minutes and I said, now God, I know you told me that. And just as I got ready to read my text and go preaching, a man got up out of the audience and walked to the front. His son is a doctor in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Roy Graham is the man's name. And he walked to the front and he said, Brother Spears, in an accident, this eye was put out. The insurance company has already paid me off. It was an industrial accident. But you said that God would heal somebody. And I said, God is going to open your eye up. Now, I, I, that, that's not the point I'm really after. God healed him, opened his eye, 
Amen. Before the revival's over, he come burn, testified, and he said, I'm hunting now, and I'm using that eye that was totally blind. The insurance paid me off. The doctors, my son, everybody said it was ruined. Now I'm using it. But he had ear trouble. And somebody said, well, Roy, why in the world didn't you ask God to heal you when he was healing the eye? He said, I didn't want to put too much on him at one time. So some of you are sitting here tonight and you're watching other people get a blessing. And you say, but, but, but I, I don't want to put too much on him. You're not going to put much on him. That's what he came here for tonight. It is his good pleasure. Good pleasure. Good pleasure. My God, if y'all gonna run up here, run with your eyes open. Don't close them. Amen. Let me get on with the rest of the story now. Sit down. Amen. After a while, this little old lady kept coming in the house and she kept telling her mother Naomi or her mother-in-law Naomi, she said, I can't understand it. Every time I turn around, there's more grain and more grain. The reason it was because the owner of the field had been looking at her and he had been looking for him a bride. And he said, hey boys, uh, drop a little bit more over there because I want her to fall in love with me. If you think God is playing tiddlywinks tonight, uh, this is not accident. Uh, he's doing it on purpose because friend, uh, One of these days, one of these days, hallelujah, one afternoon, Ruth walked back in the house and she told Naomi, she said, Naomi, I'm getting married. He asked me to marry him. And listen, this is the good point. The next day after her marriage, she didn't have to go to the field and gather grain anymore because she married the man who owned the field. Keep gathering your blessings because one of these days, the owner of the vineyard, the owner of the field is coming back and we're gonna marry the owner. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah. Jesus went into a house. Jesus went into a house. Glory. Jesus entered into a house.
And when Jesus got in that house, he sat down. And when he sat down, I'm going to go back to the other one. Amen. Forget it. Hallelujah. When Jesus sat down at that table, the Bible said a lady, if you could call her a lady. Now, y'all decide whether you're going to sit down or stand up. Amen. I don't care. I'm just going to go ahead and preach, and you can get up when you want to and sit down when you want to. Amen. Amen. And Jesus sat down, and this lady, if you could call her a lady, because her character was not very good, she couldn't get a job at the bank because her moral character was so bad. She didn't serve on any committees to welcome anybody into the city because she was a harlot. She was of low degree. And when she came in and sat down by Jesus, she got down at his feet and she started bathing his feet. And old Simon, that big old burly fisherman, in his heart, he said, I tell you what, master, if you knew what kind of lady she was, you wouldn't let her touch you. Simeon, that's where you're wrong. He knew what she was, but he came for somebody to touch him. He came for somebody to touch him. That's all right, Simeon. You didn't touch him. You didn't bathe his feet. You didn't tell him how good he was. But this so-called lady did. After a while, Jesus turned around and looked at Simeon. And he said, her sins are forgiven. And you still got your son. Hey, Jesus came tonight for somebody to touch him. He wants you to scoot over by him. He wants you to sit down by him. He wants you to reach over and touch him and say, Jesus, my Savior, my King, my God, my eternal one, my Holy One. Hallelujah. Jesus is going down a road one day. And as he is going down the road, he is doing a little Bible lesson teaching. He's got a few around him, and he's teaching them a little Bible lesson. And as he teaches them, suddenly to his ears, there comes a sound that stopped deity in its tracks. And when he stopped, he said, Who is that? And they said, that's that stupid old blind man over there. I wish he'd shut up. And Jesus said, shut up. He said, we're fixing to stop the teaching ministry right now. And we're fixing to shift into the miracle ministry. Amen. He said, bring him here. Bring him here. Oh, I don't know. It may be in this service right here that Jesus is going to stop by where you're sitting or where you're standing. And all you need to do is say, Hey, Jesus. Hey. I need you to heal my body. I need you to deliver me. Set me free. It is your Father's good pleasure to do it. It's his good pleasure to do it. He wants to do it. He wants to do it.
want to tell you something. Amen. You didn't have to beg God to heal this man's baby. He wanted to do it. He wanted to do it. He was just waiting for somebody to say, Hey, Jesus, do it. That's all he's waiting for. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You next, starch if you want to. You next, silly if you want to. But I grant you that boy standing right over there tonight, he don't care what anybody thinks if he shouts, rolls on the floor, because somebody by the name of Jesus passed his way and got his attention and healed that baby. Jesus, do it tonight. He didn't have to come here tonight. Your holiness didn't bring him here. The Tyler UPC didn't bring him here. A.D. Spears didn't bring him here. This youth committee didn't bring him here. He came because he wanted to get close to you. Whereby you could say, Father, I need something. It is his good pleasure. It's his good will to give you the desire of your heart. You don't offend him by touching him. You don't offend him by praising him. You don't offend him by saying, Hey, Jesus, you sure are good. I sure love you. That don't upset him. It may upset your neighbor, but it don't upset him. He came to this world to seek and to save the lost, whereby he may purchase you with his blood. And when he purchased you, set you free from fear, set you free from worry, set you free from trouble. Hallelujah. There was poor old Simeon, and he was wanting to be so dignified with God. He said, now let's see. Jesus has come to my house today, and I've got to be a little dignified. Some of you came tonight and before you got in here you said, I sure hope he don't preach and they don't hoop and holler tonight. Well, I'm going to tell you, friend, we're not doing anything for you. 
There's somebody else here tonight. And he loved me when nobody else loved me. And he cared for me when nobody else cared for me. And he healed my wife when the doctors couldn't do it. And he saved my children when they were on the way to hell. And he forgave me my iniquity. And he washed the slate clean. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Be free. I got his name. I got his spirit. I'm being changed into his likeness. I have his glory. I have part of the inheritance. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm not an earthbound person. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be offended if you want to be offended. But he has come to do the will of those that bid him to do something. Let me tell you what happened. I was preaching. If you won't be offended, I'll tell you something. You won't get offended? There ain't enough of you committed. Y'all won't get mad if I tell you something? All right. I've preached this message before. You're not the first group that ever heard it. And I was preaching at Texas Count Meeting this past summer during one of the day services and I stopped because in that part of the message God spoke to me and said I want to heal somebody of cancer and I made that statement and we went right on a few days later I got a phone call early one Sunday morning and I answered the phone and there was an elderly man weeping and he said Brother Spears what part of the crowd were you talking about? I told him about what part. I do not know the man. I don't know that I've ever seen him. I don't even know who he is. And he wept and he said, I am the man. But I refused that day. I refused to let God do it. He died one week later after talking to me. Hey friend, he won't force it on you. Go ahead and sit there with your disease. Go ahead and sit there with your problem. But if you'll give him an option, if you'll give him a chance, if you'll open up, it is your father's good pleasure. You're not going to get it twiddling your thumbs. You're not going to get it folding your arms. You're going to get it when you say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Hallelujah. Y'all just shout. I'll do the preaching. Amen. Sit down. I want you to get the next part sitting down. Who am I to stop him if he wants to bless some of his children? Who am I to stop him if he wants to give somebody the Holy Ghost right now? Who am I to stop him if he wants to heal somebody right over there right now? 
My Lord, if you want the Holy Ghost, you should have already had it. The same God that healed Brother Wilma's baby is in this building tonight. If you can get his attention. Hallelujah. Go ahead and sit down if you can. If I could sidestep my message for just about 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you something. This is the first conference and convention I've ever preached, and I've preached quite a few of them across our fellowship, to where the mood of this congregation is don't tell me anything funny. I didn't come here to hear a joke. I didn't come here for a bunch of fa funny stuff. Just give me the word. I've never seen that in all of my 26 years of preaching. I'm scared I'm going to get hurt. Some of these dudes going by here bigger than I am. Amen. Sit down. Hallelujah. You fellas sit right there. They won't run over y'all. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. It won't kill the spirit for them to run behind. Amen. There's a story in the Old Testament. Stay with me. Let's keep worshiping. God is wrestling with a man. The man's name is Jacob. And God is trying. Everybody look at me. I mean, you've seen them set chairs out before. Amen. God is trying to break the will of that man. And so finally, God wrestles with Jacob until he throws his hip out of place. And here is Jacob crippled. But notice something happened that is out of the ordinary. What happened next should not have happened. I'm talking about a God that one time tells Moses, you ring that mountain that I'm going to stand on. You kill every animal that touches the mountain. If any man touches that mountain I'm standing on, you kill him. But when God threw Jacob's thigh out of place and started to walk off, Jacob did what was contrary to God's own law 
and Jacob reached up and grabbed the Holy God. And he said, you're not a letting me go. Here is the God of glory. Here's the God that killed animals if they touched the mountain where he was standing. Here's the God that killed priests if they walked in his presence with one speck of sin on their life. But here is a cheater. Here is a liar. Here's a renegade that's got his arms locked around deity and are holding him. And finally God says, do I kill him? Do I destroy him? Do I wipe him out? And suddenly God did something that he had never done before. And God asked a man, what do you want? He had never been doing that. God had always been saying, you do this and you do that and you do this and you do that. But God looked at a cheater, a liar, a a, a renegade and said, what do you want? And when he said that, Jacob said, I want you to bless me. that's not the end of the story this is just now getting to the good part Jacob said I want you to bless me and God looked at that old boy and something changed in the essence of the nature of God and God said bless you I'm not just going to bless you. He said, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to change your spirit. I'm going to change your attitude. I'm going to make you a prince with God. I'm going to give you power with God. That's what he told a renegade. That's what he told a cheater. Hey, if he'll tell a Jacob that, what will he do when he said, little children, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What do you want? What do you want? He is standing in this congregation tonight and we got a hold of him. And he's looking down and saying, what do you want? Give us revival. Change our attitude. Change our spirit. Change our mind. Change us to your glory. Why wouldn't God answer the petition of that boy when he said, I have a brother in Redding, California that does not have a complete heart. It's not made all together. Hey, friend, you think that's too big for who I'm preaching about tonight? (laughs) 
oh you do then let me read it to you again little children it is your father's good pleasure Jesus is making his way through the crowd now. And as he made his way through the crowd, suddenly he stopped and he turned around and said, Who touched me? He said, Somebody touched me. And in that crowd was the same kind of people we got right here tonight. Everybody, listen to me. Everybody just suddenly folded their arms and said, wasn't me. I didn't touch you. How many services have you been in? There's some of them here tonight. When we walk outside and say, was that you shouting? They'll say, uh-huh, wasn't me. Was that you praising God? Oh no, wasn't me. Was that you hollering back there? Huh, wasn't me. Some historians believe Sit down for a moment, please. Would you join hands with your neighbor and ask God to heal Brother Burl Stevenson's wife of cancer right now. Hey, 
it's no harder for God to heal cancer than it was to heal that baby. Let's curse the disease. God. Do it for your pleasure, for your will. Do it. Jesus' name. I hate to some of you that this is boring. I feel sorry for some of you that's, that this is old hat. I feel sorry for some of you that still don't get excited when you see somebody delivered and set free and healed. Hallelujah. Hey, he didn't have to come here tonight. He's got worlds to tend to. He's got angels to see about. He's got planets to create. He's got a new city he's working on. He's got a new heaven. He didn't have to come here tonight. But he came, and he's here. You didn't cause him to come. He just wanted to be here. Oh, hallelujah. Let's thank him for coming with our hands. Clap, would you do it? Come on, let's thank him for coming.
I don't know, it's been a long time since I stood in a service and there was as much glory that I was fearful to even move. I don't know what to do. I'm honest with you. Maybe older ministers, you may know what to do with it now. I don't know. I'm a long way from being through. Friend, I got three more pages of notes in this sermon. Amen. I only preached four. But oh God, there's a presence of God in this place tonight. Oh, somebody let the healing virtue run through your body now. Lady, claim your healing. Sir, claim your healing. Young person, claim your victory. Here's a preacher saying, my daughter's scheduled for the third surgery of plastics uh, surgery. Hey, friend, could it be that he came tonight? Not to hear me preach. Not to see what color dress you had on or suit. But he came for this man's baby. And we got his attention now. Would you believe God right now for a miracle? Come on, would you do it? Oh, hey church, you talk about old time Pentecost. You talk about latter rain outpouring. This is it. Healings and miracles and signs and wonders. Glory. I want to use one more illustration of the scripture. And then unless God moves in some outstanding way, I'm going to quit. So just you can remain standing for just a moment. I'm not going to bore you to death tonight and just keep preaching. I've got worlds of stuff to keep preaching. Amen. There was a lady that came to Jesus. To me, this is one of the most beautiful stories in all the Bible. Listen to me. And lady with that baby, listen carefully. Hallelujah. And all of you in this building, it could be that you have waited all of your life to standing in a supernatural service when the miracle of miracles are going to take place. Not because A.D. Spears is preaching, but because the master. All right, listen to me. This lady came to Jesus. And when she got to where he was, she went to his disciples. Listen, this is one of the most powerful parts of the message. Listen. She got the disciples and she said, help me. And they couldn't help her. Then she got in the front of Jesus. And she stopped him. And she said, hey, I need you to do something for me. The disciples said, send her away. Get her out of here. She's messing the service up. Plus, she's a Syrophoenician woman. She's a Gentile. She's a dog. Get her out of here. And the God you have been worshiping tonight did something that was not really like him. 
he refused to answer her. And he turned his back on her. And he would not even answer her. But when you're desperate, you don't take no for an answer. And the Bible says, and the Bible stated, and she worshiped him. And when she did, the Bible said he turned around and then he spoke to her. And he said, lady, listen to me. He said, lady, I am not sent to your people. He said, there is a law that says I don't have to heal your baby. He said, I am not sent but to the lost tribe of Israel. He says, there is a law that's written in the old book that I can turn my back and walk away on you and I don't have to answer your prayer. And he said, there's nothing that can be done because the law gives me that prerogative. But when he looked at her, this is what is in between the line. He said, but I tell you what, I'm gonna set aside the law for a while. I'm gonna take the law and set it on the sideline. And I'm gonna do what I'm not supposed to do. I'm gonna heal your baby right now. Hey friend, there is a law of cancer. The law of cancer says when you get it, you're gonna have to die. There is a law of tumor on the brain that says when you get a tumor on the brain, you have to die. There is a law of disease that says if you're deaf, you can't hear. And if you're blind, you can't see. But it couldn't be that tonight he is gonna set aside the law of disease and the law of sickness and the law of despair. Hey, I believe that he is fixing to do something in this tabernacle tonight. I need preachers, come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Will you pray with me? Hey, this is what's wrong with Pentecost is we get a move of God and we suddenly quit the thing that we did for one hour to bring it to this point and that's worship. Quit standing there looking for a miracle. Worship him. Put it in his hands. He'll do it.
on, find you a preacher to lay his hands on you. And I know. That's it. Come on, find a preacher to lay his hands on you. Come on, the miracle worker is here tonight. Come on. Jesus can do it in the balcony. He'd do it anywhere. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Come on, everywhere. Everybody pray. Oh, hallelujah. Standing in his presence on holy ground. Oh, we are standing on holy ground. And there are angels all around. Let us pray. Jesus now. On holy ground, in his presence, there is joy beyond measure, and at his feet, he can still be found. Come on, if pray, church, pray. It's not time to look, it's time to pray. I know. It may be your faith that causes it to happen. Quit waiting for us up here. Pray. Just reach out. And claim it for you are standing on home ground. Come on, preachers, pray. Saints, pray. Come on, hallelujah. On holy ground. I know that there are angels all around. Let us pray. 